Homophobia accusations have been tossed at parents who disagree with gender ideology in schools, people protesting drag queen story hour due to sexualization of kids, people disagreeing with LGBT lifestyles due to religious beliefs, and more. They've all been called homophobes. But what is homophobia? We are going to break down the meaning and why it's important to stand up for children's innocence in spite of it all. Next. It's Wednesday, and it's time for Pop and Politics. We are talking about the latest in hot topics, news, and entertainment. I'm KJ, and let me introduce you to my co-hosts. We have again Shelly E., Yana, and Colleen. T will return next week. She's out tonight. Uh, Again, this is the last Wednesday of the month. Can you believe it? We're already through the first month of 2023. And as always, the last Wednesday of the month, we have Tyrone Keys of Money of uh, Soldiers of Finance. So he will join us a little bit later. Uh, Again, as I always say, join the conversation by leaving a comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. We will check the comments periodically throughout the show. And don't just comment, subscribe. Subscribe to our social media so you always know when we post new content. Also, if you like independent media and want to support what we do, donate. Any amount is appreciated. You can check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com for up-to-date information. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. All right, ladies, let's set it off. We're starting off tonight before we get into the homophobia topic with the headlines. Lots of stuff to talk about tonight. We're starting in California. Um, As you know, California has experienced three deadly mass shootings in just eight days. Last Monday, police arrested a suspect in the shooting deaths of seven people in Half Moon Bay, California. The incident came just two days after a Lunar New Year attack in Monterey Park that killed 11 people. And on January 16th, a young mother and her baby were among six people killed in a shooting at a home in California's Central Valley. So I want to talk about the coverage of these events by the media. Immediately, media and leftist politicians ran with this as being bigotry, hate crime, and white supremacy because of who was killed. This was all done before they knew who the shooters were, which actually turned out to be Asian men uh, in the Half Moon Bay and Monterey Park shootings. I want to give you some examples. So Chuck Schumer, he tweeted out, we must stand up to bigotry and hate. Adam Schiff said bigotry is a possible motive here. And again, they knew nothing at the time when they made these comments. Wisconsin State Representative uh, Democrat Francesca Hong said, we are broken as a nation to have white supremacy reign terror. 
Again, the shooter info hadn't even been released when they said these remarks. So now, of course, we know these crimes were not hate crimes as defined by law. So Colleen, I want to start off with you. Um, just in case the audience doesn't know, you are a white woman, okay? How does this make you feel when the media pushes this white supremacy narrative to what it seems feel to make it to, to fuel animosity against whites? Oh, it's frustrating, but I'm used to it. Like I always, I'm expecting some kind of narrative, something of that sort. Whenever there's some kind of mass shooting, they always seem to blame it on white supremacy or something like that. Or, you know, just like they just paint the picture of like a crazy white guy that just wasn't hugged enough as a child or something. I mean, it's, it's pretty much every time. So I'm mm -hmm. used to it. All right. And and they never correct the narrative. And now that they know the shooters were white in these two incidents, they don't even mention the races anymore in, in the news reports. Shelley, why does the left run with this narrative of bigotry and racism, in your opinion? Uh, I think for two reasons. One is to get the, the country worked up in the wrong kind of way, or, or at least over the wrong issue. They want to get them, they want to play on the emotions. Of course, it's horrible to hear that people have been slaughtered for no, absolutely no reason at all. Um, so they want to play on the emotional state of the country and the, the families for that matter at that time. And number two, I think they want to use that emotion as leverage to pass more guns control laws. Mind you, this was California, which is our state of the union that has some of, if not the most restrictive gun laws on the books. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of gun laws and well, guns and white antagonists, I want to talk about what happened in Atlanta. Uh, six people were arrested on charges of domestic terrorism by Atlanta police Saturday night following violent riots carried out by Antifa activists who shattered windows, destroyed a police car, and vandalized walls with graffiti. Uh, protesters descended upon Atlanta following the death of Manuel Esteban Paez Turan, a climate activist who was killed during a violent confrontation with the police earlier this week, earlier that week. Five of the six people arrested came from out of state to cause the mayhem. So one of the people arrested was Frances Carroll. She was out on bail for domestic terrorism, and he is the son of a wealthy Maine family, according to the New York Post. So when you look into these people arrested, they're all kind of well-off, bratty college graduates from wealthy areas. This is, this is Antifa. So, you know, Yana, I want to start off with you. It, it appears these violent people are being churned out from colleges all over the U.S. What's going on on college campuses? Well, they're being indoctrinated on college campuses. Uh, Antifa are Marxists. I mean, they are actual, actual Marxists. They're, that's why they call themselves anti-fascist, because it goes back to the time when of Germany, you know, fighting with um, other nations during World War II, when they were actually fighting with a lot of communist, na communist nations. So that's where they, they get their um, ideology from. So they still see that there's uh, fascism everywhere and they still see uh, America and the system that's in America as, as fascist. And they're, they're taught that 
in colleges. So these people are not uh, poor. And also, actually, a lot of Antifa are white. So it's interesting that uh, when uh, when it's like let's say uh, shooting in California, they uh, the media will will immediately say these are white supremacists. But then we have uh, Antifa. A lot of them are white, smashing buildings and burning the streets. Nobody mentions you know anything about them uh, being white. They're just Antifa. Uh, so like this. I mean, it's just uh, interesting how they don't draw that that parallel. Um, yeah, so it's it's part of the ideological battle, and I think that there needs to be better uh, control of, of what these people are doing and their meetings and what they're planning to do in America. Yeah, uh, Shelly, I want to get your thoughts on this situation. I mean, anytime you mention Antifa to a lot of people, actually, they say, oh, they're not really violent. This is something that's not an issue in America. Um, but then we see what has happened in Atlanta. I mean, the huge amount of uh, public property damage. They shot a police officer who was in pretty uh, critical condition initially. What are your thoughts on what happened in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, Antifa, to me, they are modern day terrorists. Yes, their ideology, like like Yana said, is a Marxist ideology. Um, but what I think we often forget, or many times we forget, is that many, if not, again, if not most, these ideologies trickle down from the academic uh, universities. They trickle down to the regular people society level if you will. Many of these Antifa terrorists, domestic terrorists, a lot of them are like, you know, say they're white. They tend to be middle, maybe upper class. They tend to come from uh, families with um, you know, education. So a relatively high socioeconomic status. These people are the least oppressed not just in America, but in, a, in the world. But yet they take up the means and the arms to, to commit domestic terrorist activities on fellow Americans because of a twisted, evil ideology that they have been indoctrinated from many times at the universities where they attended. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I wanna change gears a little bit. We've been talking about, you know, racism, white supremacy, uh, earlier in the conversation, we talked about how the left and the media push a narrative of racism and white supremacy before having all of the facts. We saw this in California with the mass shooting incidents. Now they're calling Ron DeSantis a racist for blocking a new advanced placement course for high school students on African-American studies. This has been all over the news. The media has run with this. Uh, on January 12th, DeSantis sent a rejection letter to the college board stating that, and I quote, as presented, the content of this course is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. Uh, the administration effectively determined that the class violated Florida's Stop Woke Act, which prohibits schools and companies from inserting critical race theory into student curricula or staff programming. Um, he got blasted on this. I mean, you had everyone from... Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she said at the White House, which is who she's the White House press secretary, she called the state's decision incomprehensible. She said DeSantis wants to block, according to her, the study of Black Americans. Take a look at this video. 
in the state of Florida, our education standards not only don't prevent, but they require teaching black history, all the important things that's part of our core curriculum. This was a separate course on top of that for advanced placement credit. And the issue is we have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, we want education, not indoctrination. If you fall on the side of indoctrination, we're going to decline. If it's education, then we will do this course. So when I heard it didn't meet the standards, I figured, yeah, they may be doing serious. It's way more than that. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. All right, Shelley. I mean, I want to get your thoughts here. What's really going on? Are, are they using this, this black history class to push gender and queer theory? Uh, I think so. Now, I have not read the whole course. Let me just say that on uh, up front. I have not read the whole course that they were trying to put forward. However, I can say this with some certainty. In today's economy or the state of our country right now, almost anything, any curriculum, any, I don't know, uh, agenda, if you will, that has Black attached to it, it's supposed to automatically be accepted without critical scrutiny, which seems to be what Ron DeSantis and the Florida Education Department are doing, giving it its due diligence, right? Many people, most people are not going to be against Black history. There's a place for Black history, even in public schools. But if it's going to talk about queer theory and all this other crap, which is not education when our students in K through 12 by and large can't even read and do math by fourth and eighth grade. That doesn't, that doesn't not, that should not take that place. We need to get back to more stringent curricula for students K through 12 so that they can graduate with some semblance of a, of a, of a, of a, um, of an equalizing leverage to get them into the real world. All right. Colleen, why do you believe we're seeing this strong push for gender ideology and critical race theory on kids? Um, I, I, I can't really speak on that. I'm not sure why it's happening. Um, I, I know it is happening. Um, but I also just want to say that, I mean, a lot of like Floridians don't give a shit what kind of stuff the media says about Ron DeSantis. Like, if there's some kind of mud being slung at him, it's usually because he's doing something right. So I already knew that when he turned this down, that there was obviously something else in that curriculum that was just not appropriate. And he pinpointed it right there. Queer theory has nothing to do with black history. Um, I also wanted to speak on the Antifa thing real quick because um, uh, Ron DeSantis is a governor who is doing something. Brian Kemp just won re-election. Last I checked, Atlanta is in... Georgia, I would have the National Guard, the Georgia National Guard in Atlanta immediately. I would not be playing games if I was a Republican governor. And I have always thought that something was wrong with Georgia. I don't think that Warnock won. I don't think that Kemp won re-election. I think that that is screwy all around and that shows it. 
that shows it. He's allowing that to happen. So I just well, I, I don't know about him allowing it to happen. I mean, no, um, it was a protest against the police. The police were okay. the new police were building a, a police. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm very aware of like what oh, happened in the scenario, but like that. Yeah, like yeah, like police vehicles were on fire. So like Georgia National Guard can be called in in situations like. That. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And, and Yana, I, I want to get your, I want to move back to, you know, this, uh, this situation in Florida. So like Colleen said, you know, Floridians love Ron DeSantis, but we do know there is a big possibility he may be running for president uh, in 2024. So he'll have to uh, really reach out and, and connect with voters from all over the country, if that's the plan. Uh, what do you think this is? How do you think this is playing with voters across the country, specifically African Americans? Are are they? Is the narrative being? Is the truth coming out? Is what I'm saying. And how is this playing? With well, I think that if African Americans actually listen to him and not just watch the the news reports and uh, not just read the headlines, <laughs> I, I think they will understand where he is coming from. So just watching that part about him explaining why he blocked uh, you know that course uh, i think majority uh, overwhelming majority of uh african americans are not interested in learning queer theory and do not like the idea that the queer theory is attached to african american history uh, that is just that's offensive honestly to you know to a lot of people so uh, it's infuriating that they would do that. I think uh, Black Lives Matter is probably behind uh, this course because Black Lives Matter, they uh, were not about Black lives. They were about queer uh, ideology, pushing queer ideology. That was their, their goal. They're just attaching themselves to uh, a race of people and they're pushing you know, other ideologies through that. Mm -hmm. All right. I've got to move on. I want to talk about Damar Hamlin. So uh, he seemingly responded to absurd speculation about his return to Highmark Stadium for the Bills divisional roundup matchup with the Bengals on Sunday. The Bills safety received a warm welcome from fans during the rematch with Cincinnati, which came 20 days after their week 17 game was postponed and eventually canceled after he suffered a cardiac arrest on the field. We did talk about that. It was very traumatizing and um, and very scary. Uh, Hamlin, who watched the game from a private suite with his family, is being subjected to bizarre rumors that it wasn't actually him at the game. Take a look at this video of him there. Now, looks like Damar Hamlin is in the building. Yes, if they show him in the stadium in any capacity, it will blow the doors off of this place. Damar Hamlin just showed up. And it looks like his mom and his little brother is there. Oh, oh we great. love to see it. Stay tuned. It's the Bengals. Bills coming up on CBS. Good job. So that was the little clip, but I mean, he was fully covered, face covered. I think he actually had a face mask on. He had on glasses, a hoodie. I mean, you could barely see him. So people were saying they thought it may have been a clone. A uh, conspiracy theorist was, was taking over. Shelly, what do you think was going on here? Well, in the words of Keep Sweat, something, 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 something just ain't right. Um, I tend to think, let me say it this way. From what I know, I have many friends who are in the medical field. 
And uh, typically, when someone has been without oxygen for nine minutes, having to be, you know, uh, CPR at least two or three times, maybe, generally speaking, you don't find them in a press box two weeks later doing like this. Generally speaking, you don't. Right. So I have I, just based on talking to some friends, I know some very well uh, skilled and experienced friends, medical people that I know. You don't typically find that two weeks later when your brain has been without oxygen for that long. OK, I, I want to ask you, Yana, um, because is he insensitive to act this way? I mean, he had an entire nation praying for him and worried about him. Uh, when he had that accident on the field a couple of weeks ago, then to come to the stadium covered up, not even two words to fans, no interviews. What do you make of it? Because that's not him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I agree with Shelly. Like I've, I've looked into people, you know, situations where somebody had, uh, you know, some sort of situation where the oxygen was not reaching their brain. There is brain damage. So they don't recover that quickly. That's true, normally. And also, yeah, if they do, and which I hope he is okay. Like, I, I hope he's not dead. So, but I think what they're doing is that they're buying time. So I think that he is recovering somewhere. He needs a lot of therapy. Uh, in order to recover from any kind of uh, brain damage, it can take years. So they, they're bringing somebody to say, look, he's okay. You know, everything's fine. He's going to go back and, you know, go to his recovery. He needs time. And then hopefully, eventually he'll come out, you know, looking normal. Uh, and I think, you know, they're, yeah, they're just afraid of um, people speculating, which people already speculating why this happened to him. And uh, also I noticed a lot of, um, news reports uh debunking you know the whole uh conspiracy theory like those bbc even uh, was writing something about it yahoo even fox mentioned when they're debunking it so much that makes me think you know there's something something to it mm -hmm. and uh yeah so and in the in the t time of social media People are, uh, you know, doing live streams from their hospital rooms. Like nothing could stop him from doing like a little, you know, taking the, his cell phone and doing like a little um, address to his fans. He hasn't done that. So, no, I don't think that's him. Well, we'll continue to follow the story. Definitely keep him in our prayers uh, and, and keep you guys updated on what's going on. Uh, again, stay tuned. We're going to talk about, you know, the idea of homophobia. I want to just touch on this last topic of uh, or trending headline, which is the Crowder versus Daily Wire, Wire feud. So uh, <clears throat> Big Tech is in bed with Big Con. That is what Stephen Crowder, Crowder declared on Wednesday. Uh, he is a conservative commentator and comedian. Uh, he says, the people you thought the people I thought were fighting for you, a lot of it has been a big con. That was the opening salvo in a war of words that has escalated over the week um, between Crowder and other media figures on the right. Uh, he, you know, again, he was mentioning these people, people meaning the Daily Wire, and apparently the media personality signed up with them. 
like Candace Owens, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, and everyone else that has signed contracts with them and graced our screens under their moniker. Uh, at an issue are a wide variety of gripes Crowder has about a contract offered to him by the Daily Wire. Among those gripes, Crowder's core complaint was that under the terms, the Daily Wire would act as one of big tech enforcers against him. He also didn't feel the $50 million offer that he was given was enough. It was actually a term sheet. Uh, and he actually, I believe, wanted 125 I want to start off with you tonight, Shelly. Uh, is Crowder a whiny baby who needs a, either a pacifier or his mother's tits stuffed in his mouth? Or does he have legitimate gripes against the Daily Wire that need to be snuffed out and discussed? I think uh, Crowder does have some uh, legitimate gripes. I also think that Daily Wire has some good, I guess, retorts or pushbacks. Um, I don't like the way this was handled or it, that it was that it came out. However, on the flip side, I do think that there are some lessons, some larger lessons for the public, for conservatives, for conservative content makers. There are some things that we can learn from this that maybe we would not have known before. All right. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this, Colleen. What does this do for the conservative movement with two big names arguing? Um, it potentially starts another Daily Wire. Um, that's what it's looking like might happen. I mean, that's obviously a really big task for him to take on. Um, but it's obviously going to kind of split people. A lot of people have kind of split ways. Um, I don't think that everybody necessarily feels like they have to take sides. I certainly don't feel like I have to take sides. Um, I'm a fan of both. So I think that They've been a little bit catty on the Daily Wire side. Um, I know that the recording of the conversation, I know that was a little bit of a touchy subject for them. But um, in reality, I think that Candace went pretty hard on him on Timcast. So um, I think they got him back pretty good if they're really upset about the recorded message. And yeah, DeMar Hamlin, by the way, that's not him. <laughs> okay. All right. And Indiana, I want to get your final thoughts on this situation. Uh, you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of nastiness has come out. I mean, even he, I think he did another interview, Crowder, last uh, last night or the night before uh, regarding this. Um, you know, again, this has kind of split the whole conservative movement. Um, people are taking sides. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this whole melee? Um, you know, who are you, Team Crowder or, or Team uh, Daily Wire? Well, I kind of have to agree with Colleen. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not taking sides. I do understand where each one is coming from. Um, I think it's probably good that this some of the stuff came out, so we can be more critical thinkers when we uh, listen to uh, different platforms. Uh, we're looking into different platforms. So, yeah, the fact that uh, they were Daily Wire were basically working with the big tech and they told their uh, commentators to be careful with their words, uh, not to get canceled. I mean, I don't, you know, that kind of- Are we big con? Are we big con here at Metro Conservative? I was going to say, we, we do, I was going mean, to say- we do the same we thing. I mean, everybody well, we're pretty, we're pretty daring on here. And we, so. we have a strike. We, I mean, anybody on YouTube, mm -hmm. and anyone, we have yes. anyone on YouTube, if they're making their money through YouTube or if 
they're using YouTube to push out their their information and things like that. You have to be considerate of what will get you taken off. Now, again, we're no, but a then, small shop. We're yeah, a small I, shop. I know, no. but it, it it it's no AJ. It's you're unfortunate. right. I've said this once before, but we can't. It's, I mean, I mean, whether whether or not we agree with it, we can't deny the fact that this is what it is. Yeah, that's why I don't understand the idea of him saying that they're part of big tech when he's part of big tech. I mean, he's already, I think, was 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 um, gotten a strike against him. Now he hasn't been mm-hmm. banned. The only reason why he hasn't been banned is because he's watching what he says, and so he's he been demonetized. Things, he says so things, he has been. He I think he said right, he has he's been, still uh, been demonetized. He's mm-hmm. still on YouTube, and then he even says during his his podcast, "If you want to see what me, you know, unfiltered, right. check me out on Rumble." So, I mean, we're all using and, YouTube. And he has a he has a uh, he has a subscription service, right? I forget what it's called, right. but he has I a mean, subscription service as well. I don't so, the whole idea of big tech. I mean, we're all on big tech. We all have to I watch do, what I we do. Say. This is this is why I said this is why I, I think there was some good information that came out on both sides. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I mean, know? it's something to think about. Also, like, should we keep continuing using this platform? I think that's something that has come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made me think when I was listening to him, like, w- you know, we have to try to s- get away from that. We're still being controlled by big tech, by uh, you know, the leftist owners, uh, socialist owners, or whoever, whatever you want to call them, uh, who are not allowing us to say what we want to say. So I agree. I agree. So we need to listen to voices like that and try to do something differently. I agree. Well, I mean, but that's kind of what Daily Wire has been doing. So that's just what I don't understand. I mean, Daily Wire is kind of really the the first real major player in conservative media um, that has really broken out and, and started their own thing with the subscription service. They're breaking into children's programming, movies. All this stuff trying to give a conservative perspective uh, to cons- for conservatives breaking into the culture. And now he records his friend, secretly records him, um, you know, in a call. He co- starts off with saying how, you know, they're trying to be light. He knew he was recording the call and then twisted it and brought it back to their whole uh, the idea of their, 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 their contract and stuff. It's kind of shady to me. Um, but I, you know, yeah, that no, kind of no, to me too. no, no, um, yeah, no, there's no love in business, I guess, you know, that's what they say. Um, it's sad, but again, we'll continue to follow it, um, follow that story and follow what's going on with it. Hopefully they can come together and kind of squash all of this because it really does no good for the conservative movement. Um, but we have to move on. We have Tyrone Keys with us today. Again, this is the, fi- the last Wednesday of the month. So we bring on Tyrone Keys from Soldiers of Finance. How are you doing tonight, Tyrone? Hello, ladies. How y'all doing? We are well. We are well. Happy to have you on tonight. We're going to get right into this. This is we're talking about Governor now, Governor of Maryland, Wes Moore. Uh, he's calling for increased spending in his recently released $63 billion budget including investing $1 billion in cash reserves on education and transportation product, projects. Uh, in a press conference, Moore called, for, called the budget proposal bold without being reckless. 
So that's what we have you here for tonight, Tyrone. I mean, you give the real meaning of it all and how his ambitious proposal will affect Marylanders. What are your thoughts on this? Is it bold without being reckless? Well, it's not bold. I mean, he has a Democrat legislature. It's pretty much going to do whatever he wants him to do and vice versa. So there's nothing bold about it. Um, he is a progressive, uh, progressive Democrat, tax and spend, nothing bold or inventive about that. Uh, as far as the Maryland taxpayers are concerned, and people better start really waking up to this fact because we're spending more and more on the federal side, which of course we will be responsible for unless we, you know, configure our assets such that we take advantage of legal methods to protect them from taxes. Um, but right now on a federal level, each of us is responsible for over $240,000 in, uh, in taxes. State-wise, I mean, hey, where's the money coming from? Right. So Tyrone, my, my big question, similar to that. So I guess his budget was not reckless because he stayed a little bit less, a little bit lower than Hogan, right? I think as far as the total amount. But where in Maryland are we still going to fund these? Where are we getting the money to fund this? Because in two years, I suspect this money is going to run out. And so where are we going to get the replenishment? Well, the only one on this uh, platform tonight that's safe is Colleen. Because Colleen, you live in Florida, right? So uh, she's not going to be hit by that uh, taxation. She's not going to have to pick up that bill. Uh, but all of us here in Maryland, unless we roll out, maybe become a resident in sunny Florida for six months and one day. It's all it takes, okay, uh, to insulate you from Maryland taxes. I know plenty of people who do it. Florida's too crowded for me, although I love the state. Uh, I'm looking at uh, the Carolinas. Uh, we have choices, people. You know, United States, we, we got 49 other ones to choose from. And when people start exercising, you know, their ability to seek more favorable financial conditions, then maybe these politicians will think twice. Yeah, um, you're right on that, because we've seen it here. We've seen people on um, the max exodus from California, uh, from New York. Uh, so, you know, that has something to do with crime and the taxes and just the way they're running their states. So, um, but we're not seeing this talked about in mainstream media. What do you think is going to make this get on the, to the front of my mind of, of most, uh, Americans? Well, see, uh, you mentioned something very key, mainstream media, legacy media, they are old hat. Okay. This type of media, metro conservative media. That's where more and more people are migrating to drill down on these subjects, okay? Um, so look, uh, on a local level, the names change, the stories don't. Murder, mayhem, political corruption, whether sports, human interest, will do it again at 11 o'clock. Uh, as far as cable and network, they are bought and paid for you know, Pfizer does a lot of advertising on these big stations. Um, so we're, I follow a guy on uh, YouTube, um, Yushavada, I believe his name is. He's, he grew up in the Soviet Union and he was going through Pravda, which as you know, Yana, stands for truth. Um, truth. 
that's where we are in America. So if anyone is buying into mainstream media and expecting them to come at you with, you know, accuracy and truth, it's all theater, just like that football player. I agree. That's not him. Otherwise, why can't you take your hood off? Uh, it's TV. It's a visual medium, right? Uh, so it's all theater. I wouldn't trust the mainstream media any further than I can throw them, but their time is drawing to a close as evidence here this week, CNN said they they got to move out of the Atlanta building because, you know, the viewership just isn't there. Yeah. Oh, before, before I go on, I beat Don Lemon. <laughs> okay. The, the, the soldiers of finance channel last Wednesday, we did more. We did actually 12% of CNN morning shows viewership. Okay. I'm a one man band with a cell phone and a $49 editing software. Okay, so that right there shows you how new media, it's death by a thousand cuts for the uh, mainstream media. Right, well one, well I'll give you two things. I, I'll tell you two reasons why you beat Don Lemon. One, you're definitely better to look at. And two, Thank you. <laughs> and two, you have more information, more knowledge on your channel than he'll ever have for a whole week. And I agree. Yeah, so uh, I can certainly see that. I do have one more question for you because I saw in the comments you did mention you commented about the Crowder Daily Wire situation. I know you are a man of contracts. You know these types of things. What are your thoughts on that situation uh, with Daily Wire and 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 Crowder, Stephen Crowder? Well, I think that um, the Daily Wire is coming at it from the standpoint of hey, we're running a business, okay, and in order to keep the revenue coming in. Because remember, they're just not dealing with the personalities you see on YouTube or wherever. They've got a staff, okay? They've got high production values. Uh, so they've got expenses. So now Crowder, um, I think that contract was somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million. I think Crowder thought he was worth more and um, kind of overplayed a little bit. and. The way he handled it with the divulging of the phone calls and I think he's burned his bridges over there and maybe burned his bridges with other uh, outlets as well who are like, hey, this guy's um, a little toxic here. Let's not, I can't even trust if I'm speaking to him on the phone, whether or not I'm being recorded. That's That would give me pause. However, he is a uh, commodity. People, he does have an audience. So I think now what he'll do is he'll just build out his own infrastructure. And I don't think he'll have any problem being very successful at, at doing that. Mm -hmm. I think I think if he if he played it right, I think he would have got what he wanted. Yeah. But I it was it was really shocking to see him come out the way he did, honestly, because I feel like he could have got what he wanted. And even Jeremy's video said that they were kind of willing to go higher. Sure. So sure. yeah, he definitely overplayed his hand, like you said. Yeah, I mean, $50 million is a lot of money. I mean, even after taxes, okay? Uh, and you go in there, you do your thing, and then there'll come a day when, you know, your contract is nearing ex expiration, and maybe you can get more at that time. Well, he was. It was. I think they added $25 million after four years was in Thank the contract. You. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll definitely continue to follow that. Thank you so much for your insight. Everyone, this is Tyrone Keys from Soldiers of Finance. You can find him on YouTube. 
uh, right there. He has a full channel of information regarding finance and more. Uh, any last thoughts before we let you go, Tyrone? Really, really quickly, I heard you guys talking about the uh, you know school choice and what they're doing in these schools, mm -hmm. which I agree with you all. It is unconscionable. Okay, but I beg people to just consider this: these schools are a government institution. Are there any government institutions that are responsive to the people? Not motor vehicle, not the Veterans Administration, not state parks, none. So I think that conservatives are at a crossroads here where they really need to opt out. And I know, Tyrone, you don't have any kids. That's true. I'm not an airline pilot either. But if I see a 747 in a dive headed for the ground, I know something's wrong. So I think that people need to start thinking seriously about opting out of that government system because they're not going to change. Meanwhile, your kid is matriculating through a system that conservatives agree is failing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. We will have you. We'll see you again next uh, month, last Wednesday of each month. Tyrone Keys from Soldiers of Finance. You can find him on his YouTube channel. Soldiers of Finance. Thanks again. Have Thank you. All right. Bye -bye. All right. Uh, so we are moving right along uh, to our final topic of the night, which is what is homophobia? Before we get into that, I want to just say again, thank you so much for watching. If you like what you're seeing, please subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also hit that notifications bell. That way you get up to the minute content when we post. Share this video right now while you're watching. You can send a quick share uh, on your social media or um, via messenger. Share, share, share. We want to grow our audience. As you heard Tyrone say, this is where you're getting the truth. True information from small shops like us, Metro Conservative Media. We are always here to give you what's true, uh, good information, uh, balanced uh, from a conservative perspective, though. So um, definitely share this uh, broadcast and like and comment, comment, please. We love to uh, talk with you. You are the fifth uh, host with us tonight. All right. How are you doing, ladies? Everything going? Everybody good? <laughs> yeah. All right. I definitely agree with Tyrone about opting out. Yeah, it, it, with everything, really, mm -hmm. as much as you can, um, that's going to give you a sense of uh, <laughs> freedom and uh, also a sense of control Absolutely. over your your life. Yeah. But I, I want to say something too about that real quick. I'm sorry, KJ. Yana, you're right. Of course, I agree with Tyrone. But we talked a little bit about this uh, Crowder Daily Wire is going to cause a split. This opting out with conservatives opt out this is going to cause i think an even bigger sw uh, a split in the conservative movement mm -hmm. in the conservative side okay and why do you say that because i think most conservatives are I, I mean i've been hearing this more and more about homeschooling about opting out of the edu public education system or even private school so how would that cause a split I think similar, let's say similar to Crowler and Daily Wire, right? He, you know, this, he's talking about big tech. But when the conservative movement, when you have these groups, if you will, libertarian-like groups, even in the party that say, wait a minute, we are using the same tools that, but we're gaining from it however way, big tech, whatever it may be, we're going to need to opt out completely.
completely. You're going to have some conservatives say, oh, no, that's anarchy. You have to use this to do this or whatever. So I think it's going to cause an even deeper split. I'm not saying that it, it may not be necessary or no good will come of it, but it is going to start putting the rubber where, the, where it meets the road. All right. Well, uh, speaking of that, we're going to move on to our final topic of the night, which is homophobia. So I want to take a deep dive into this uh, with you ladies tonight, because we have heard over the past week, uh, many you know comments, this has been thrown out, uh, obviously, honestly, to us too. You know, we just let them organize the protest against the Drag Queen Story Hour uh, last weekend. Uh, and we were called, you know, homophobes. We were called um, that we were spreading hate. Uh, so I want to talk about what is homophobia. Um, so I want I have here Planned Parenthood's definition of homophobia. They say it's a uh, fear, hatred, discomfort with, or mistrust of people who are lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Uh, they also go into biphobia and transphobia. So they're both pretty similar. Uh, they say also that uh, homophobia can take many different forms, including negative attitudes and beliefs about aversion to or prejudice against bisexual, lesbian, and gay people. It's often based in irrational fear and misunderstanding. Some people's homophobia may be rooted in conservative religious beliefs, People may hold homophobic beliefs if they were taught them by parents and families. So this is the definition given. I wanted to kind of you know go to a leftist site and get that from Planned Parenthood. We also have the definition from uh, the dictionary uh, here. So basically, again, as you can see, it says homophobia, irrational fear of, aversion to, or discrimination against homosexuality or gay people. So I want to start off tonight with you, Yana. Firstly, what are your thoughts on that definition from Planned Parenthood? Is they Are they right on with that? Do you agree with that? Well, aren't they the ones that also cannot define what a woman is? So, I mean, whatever, they, they will keep adding uh, more words to their definitions and basically reading that definition, it's if you just feel a little bit uncomfortable or you do not love, basically the way I read it is if you do not love wholeheartedly uh, homosexuals or trans people or bi people, if you do not want to embrace them 100% and all everything that they do, you're homophobic. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. So yeah. no, it's, it's, it's not a real definition. What what are your thoughts on this, Shelley, of the uh, the dictionary uh, definition of of homophobia? Do you agree with that, or do you have to take issue with that? Yeah. Okay. So right, phobia is an irrational fear of whatever, right? But I would ask, like, to ask them a question: Is there such a thing as heterophobia? Because I don't like some heterosexual people. And is it based on because I have a phobia of heterosexual people? Do I not like myself because I'm a heterosexual? I mean, get a grip. This is ridiculous. It's They want to uh, cast, castigate and demonize people who have a problem with people 
for their behaviors that they do, at least their public behaviors. And it, have, it may or may not have anything to do with their sex. And if you happen to be, uh, what, LGBTQ, whatever, then they're going to put this label on you as homophobic. Look, I've said many times, I don't care what adults do in the privacy of their home, okay? I don't look at a person, I can't look at a person and say, oh, you are LGBTQ, and so I had this phobia of you. No, I have people in my family, I work with people, friends, people that I care about out in the community that may be gay or uh, whatever. I don't know the other letters. Nevertheless, it's not that they are gay. It's what they do when they're gay, particularly in public, okay? Again, I'm not afraid of them. Do whatever you want to do in your home, but don't try to make me think or think something different and then castigate me and say that I'm a homophobe because I don't just don't agree with you. All right. I want to get your thoughts on this, Colleen. Is it wrong or is it homophobic in your opinion to uh, to disagree with the LGBT lifestyle? Mm. Um. I don't think that the word homophobic is proper. I think um, I think it's intolerant to not be okay with somebody doing what they want to do mm -hmm. if it's not harming others. Um, but I don't think I think homophobia is just a silly word, just because nobody's actually scared of it. I mean, maybe some people who are very like you know very manic might be scared of it. Um, but, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think that, I just think that it's intolerance is the proper word for it. It's not really homophobia. Um, I personally do not care what somebody chooses to do in the comfort of their own home or who they want to be with and whatnot. Um, I just don't think that it's appropriate for children. It's just where I draw the line. Like, I would totally be down for some kind of conservative drag show. I mean, we had like, um, Lady Maga USA on here. I mean, I literally reached out to him today and was like, we should totally coordinate something like this just to show that it's not drag that I have a problem with. It's that you're pushing it on children. That's the problem because it's obviously sexual entertainment. It's not, it's not for, for children. It's not kid friendly. So it's not homophobia. Yeah. Um, and one of the things um, you know that the Planned Parenthood site talks about is they talk about phobia. So they understand it's a generally a it's an irrational fear. Uh, but in the case of homophobia, according to this Planned Parenthood site, they say the word refers to an addition, an attitudinal disposition, ranging from mild dislike to abhorrence of people who are sexually or romantically attracted to individuals of the same sex. Homophobia is culturally conditioned response to homosexuality and attitudes toward homosexuals very wildly. So again, they're trying to police your attitude. So if, you know, we have all these words thrown out, like one, fat shaming. So I give, if I say, you know, I don't like, for, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's just, you, you see what I'm saying? They're trying to police your thoughts and your yeah. attitude. You can, you should be able to feel That's what I said. you want. 
That's what I said. I, look, that's this is ultimately it's about thought control, which is really totalitarianism. That is the the step that really takes us to full totalitarianism, controlling one's thoughts. But I had a follow up to this homophobia, like the left does. They water down words, they water down meanings, and such such that the meaning and the word really has no has no um, no emphasis to it or no importance to it. This idea of phobia, phobias are and have been clinical clinical diagnosis where people really do need psychiatric help now that everything is a phobia really nothing is so the people who really have clinical phobias clinically diagnosed needs for psychiatric help then they're watered down because just like racism or you're bigot or your phobia you're phobic of this or transphobic so now it really means nothing yeah. so yeah i have to say i mean these people uh have the ones that wrote this definition in Planned Parenthood and they mentioned religious beliefs. Um, I feel like they have a phobia of uh, conservative people. They have a phobia of Christian people uh, because immediately they assume that these people are hateful and uh, will, will cause harm to a homosexual person. That, mm -hmm. that's, that's, the, that's what I'm getting from them. Like when we went to the protest, they were so... <laughs> Like they thought we were there to harm them, you know, to do some sort of harm. They brought, they were covering themselves up with umbrellas. Like we were going to, I don't know, do assault them in some way. Um, so they were, I mean, th that's, that's, that's my, uh, that's how I see what's coming from them. They're the ones who are fearful. Uh, we just um, want to be able to express our thoughts uh, about the lifestyle and there's so many different lifestyles in the world that we may or may not agree with so we we nobody is obligated to accept everybody's lifestyle so if you don't agree with someone um i, I don't know there's there could be uh, even we, we can disagree on so many things and we don't have to like like what the other person is doing uh, and especially with something like this, where, um, you know, when they, in, when you see that they want to introduce this to children. So like everybody was saying, why um, it, we, we do not really mind what an adult person does, but why is it that there's so many of people from so-called LGBTQ, whatever community, want to talk to children. Why is it? Yeah, well, the ADL came out with an article today uh, saying that, you know, it basically talked about how conservatives and, and, and they call radical people are, are pushing a narrative of grooming uh, based on them wanting to uh, talk about sexuality and queer uh, gender ideology to kids. So they said that's an incorrect definition of grooming and the idea of associating pedophiles with LGBT community just because they want to teach queer identity or queer gender ideology is, is wrong. I'm sorry, but the percentage of uh, pedophiles within <laughs> the gay community is a lot higher than in the general population. So they said on there too, they said that was a misconception that uh, the pedophilia is not something rampant in the LGBT community. I mean, I think percentage-wise, if you compare the the percentage uh, of compared to the whole population, uh, there's a lot more of them in that 
in the uh, gay community doesn't mean that every gay person ha is has pedophilia issues. No, but uh, I mean we still have to look into it, and it is uh, we have we have to be able to discuss these issues without being labeled. Mm -hmm. So even people who are working in the field of psychology should be able to study these behaviors. Uh, any behavior should be uh, should be studied and you know the way that i think about it, we not analyze it so thinking thinking of a behavior whether it is beneficial or it's not beneficial for a community as a whole so the way that i mean people may disagree with me how i view it so for example if one or two people do it okay not a big deal let's say everyone uh lives a, a certain lifestyle let's say gay lifestyle is that beneficial to the entire community is that is that good? Is that going to be good? So th the way also I think about it, let's say we have rules, like rules in um, you know uh, traffic rules. If one or two people break the rules, it may not be such a big deal. If everyone begins to break uh, break traffic rules, we're going to have chaos. So when I think of lifestyles, I think of it the same way. If one a few people choose an alternative lifestyle it may not affect the entire community. If everyone does it, it will affect the entire community negatively. I'm uh, gonna bring Shelly in because she did have a, a comment. She wanted to respond to something you said. Yeah, I wanted to respond to the, the pedophilia in the gay community. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure about those numbers as far as it being higher, but I do know this, pedophiles tend to go where they can have access to children. Easily. And they will tend to do things that will attract children to them, like maybe men dressed as women, like drag queens. What's the purpose of it? Um, again, it, it, anytime ped pedophiles, this is why legally they're not supposed to be within so many feet of a school or daycare center or places where children really inhabit a lot. So um, that's why. So they use these venues, this drag queen trans lifestyle, in my never to be humble opinion, so that they can have uh, access, easier access to children. That is one of the things that, again, I am absolutely against. I don't care what adults do in their home. No, I would be, I would be one of the first ones on the front line saying, no, there should be no rules uh, governing what you do in your home with another adult. I think so that me, is also very close to totalitarianism. Let me jump in because I want to walk through this, their thinking. So the idea, what they say it is, is it's really pretty, really to teach children queer ideology. So the, basically, they want an evil playing field with heterosexual uh, um, ideology relationships and queer or same sex relationships. So I want to walk through this as far as if you're. We know that the idea, generally, of teaching heterosexual relationships, uh, specifically uh, love relationships, is because generally, you know, babies are born. It's biology. And so, you know. And you have a stable community as a result. Right. So the, 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 the end game in education, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is to understand that when man and a woman 
come together. They, they generally form a family. That family is done through intercourse and you go through the biology. But they want to start teaching queer ideology to as young as kindergartens, as young as daycare. I mean, they had a, a video going around now where this woman is teaching it in daycare. So what is the end to that? Let's say you're teaching children, uh, you know, young kids about queer same-sex relationships. So to me, the obvious end is to then start teaching about queer sex, right? I mean, what, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. This is open forum. So I want to comment also, I want to ask Shelly. So <laughs> Shelly said, she, you said that um, you don't mind, of course, and I agree with you what people do in, in their uh, private lives. Uh, but then from their perspective, they will come out and say, well, if there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, then why can't I talk to children about it? Like if there's nothing wrong with uh, being a trans a person and having a uh, same-sex partner or changing my gender, you know, changing my body, why can't I talk to children about it? That's a good question. Okay, so you, that's a good question. So to that, I would respond. You can you can't talk to other people's children who tell you that you can't talk to them. As an adult, there are line, there are lines, there are demarcations in society that are necessary that we do need. You're right to control the general order of society, if you will. But just take it a step further and say that we need to regulate what adults I I, again. I, no, no, no. I know. I keep it. No, I keep I it in the adult realm. I'm just saying I'm wait, 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 wait. You do, you're not answering your question, question I, yeah so she's saying we're not talking about your own kids let's, yes, say, if I am answering question. let's say if it's in the uh and i'm sorry you're breaking up a little I bit did, I might be this. let's say this is a this is a, a public school setting and so she's saying that if it's true whatever you do inside your own home is okay and is fine then why can't they, they, this is their thinking too. You know, if this is acceptable and this is what is what I'm supposed to do, why can't I t teach this in school? That's what she's saying. And as I was, can you hear me now? Yeah, as I was the saying, way. there are demarcations. I don't know. There are demarcations. There are lines that we do need to have for the general society. And particularly where there are taxpayer funds, the K through 12 should only be basically reading, writing, math, some history, whatever. Again, that's what the general pot that serves the general population. It does not serve the general population to go and regulate what adults do in their homes. Not only that, the children that they are flaunting to that's not their children they don't have the rights to those children that they're not even the state's children well the response so every parent the response would be is that for example i you know someone who is a teacher and they work in school they read books a lot of fairy tales there's heterosexual relationships you know a prince and a princess they get married you know things like that there's a mother and the children there's a mom and dad and the bear, you know, mom, mama bear and a, a dad bear, you know, things like that. So their response is, if we can teach that, because that is teaching about family relationships, why can't we also teach uh, queer, gay, whatever, you know, uh, all kinds of other relationships? Why can't we? Why wouldn't you agree with that? 
Well, first of all, they are doing that in the government schools. It's like Tyrone said earlier. That is what but the government is starting to do okay? or do has been doing for a number of years now. Do you think they should continue doing that? Too? Obviously, I don't think it's okay. Obviously, I don't think it's okay because I was out there protesting with you. So don't try that one. So obviously, I don't think it's okay because, again, I always draw the line at children. I say I always draw the line at children. I say what adults do in their home, in their own privacy, however they want, you, as long as it's not forced fraud and coercion, I always Kelly, say that. You can't help me. Because I think she, I think you're missing what she's saying. And again, and it may be just, um, she's saying that if, if we follow their logic behind this, logically, if you're, if, if, you, if they're saying that, yes, I'm, I'm in a same-sex relationship behind closed doors. We got that. And I believe this is the correct way to live. And Somebody, let's say I say, yeah, I agree with, if you want to do that in your house, you know, if you believe that's the correct way to live, that's fine. How can we say to them then, if we are, if we are co-signing that they're living their way because this is the way they live inside their homes, how can we say then that they can't talk about this to children in school? Because this is the way they're saying is the correct way to live, and we're saying actually we're saying right, so. and and so it is it is control. What I was trying to say that it is uh, basically saying that in our society we prefer not to have these kind of uh, situations uh, happening in the public uh, sphere. So uh, you know, I'm not trying to control. Uh, you know, you, I'm being accused of being totalitarian. I feel like a lot of times on the show, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm not the only one who disagrees with uh, queer, gay, whatever ideology being pushed in the public sphere. Correct? The, the answer to this is before, and this is how, see, we've changed. Years ago, maybe just 10 years ago, we understood that the base or the main our way of relationships was heterosexual and anything else, whether it's same sex, whether it's uh, bisexual, whatever was a, uh, somebody mentioned it, uh, was a, um, what's the word? It was secondary. It was something that was, you, I think we did you, Shelly or Eve or, or Yanni. Like Yanni. alternative. Alternative. It's an alternative, it's an alternative lifestyle. Yeah. Right. It was an alternative lifestyle. Now, however, I mean, saying that could get you, that could be, that's considered, you're considered. And we're homophobic. called homophobic. That's, right. that's the whole thing is that right. us saying that, look, uh, you know, people can choose, adults can choose what they do. Uh, mm -hmm. in their homes, it's fine. But then when it's being pushed in public schools, in libraries, in the media, in uh, uh, cartoons and children's uh, movies, you know, that are geared for children, that is not okay. So we will be called homophobic. But I guess I'm trying to have a conversation. Why do we not agree with that? Why is it not okay to have this ideology in the public sphere? Well, my, my answer is it's an alternative lifestyle and it should not be pushed as a mainstream, as the norm. But that's wrong to say, I guess. I mean, because... Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. Not to, and not to Definitely not in K through, tw K through 12. That should not be in the public school. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's... I know you guys feel this way, but like the 
this is going to be the reality in Maryland. I mean, if you really don't, if you really feel some type of way about your kids learning this, this kind of stuff, you'd really do need to take your kids out of public school because Wes Moore is pushing this agenda and he's pushing hard. So a lot of libs of TikTok content has been coming out of Maryland schools lately. So, I mean, it's only going to get worse. I mean, the, the libs of TikTok content that we think that is crazy from California, those will be in Maryland schools soon. So it's like, if you really are worried about your kids being influenced by it, you just, you have to take them out of school. I mean, we're going to, you like, well, not really me anymore, but you guys are the minority in Maryland. Like this is the new normal in Maryland. So it's let like, me, let me, let me, let me, let me check you, correct you there because this is the issue. Yes. This is right now in Maryland, California. But if we don't stand up against this, Everywhere it will spread. And right now, I mean, we, you have DeSantis for maybe a year or four years, but who knows who's going to get into office next? I mean, we can't, we we cannot think that just because you live in a red state or you live in a state that's not doing this right now, it's not, com it's coming. So I think it's a false sense of security for people in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, these areas to think, oh, this isn't going to come here. It wasn't in the counties five years ago. You know, it wasn't on the Eastern Shore, which is red in Maryland, five years ago. Now it's down there. It's, I mean, it's you're not spreading you you're going against Maryland schools. You are right. going to be fighting right. a brick wall. Like, you honestly, do. I mean, and they're backed by the governor. So not only is this agenda radical, but it's supported by the governor. And yeah, that could change. Things could change in Florida, but we have secure elections than Maryland does. So we'll actually be able to pick who governs up next. So can I? Yeah. I want to, can I address the, what Yana mentioned your comment? You said you feel like you, you've been called a totalitarian. Um, I know I probably give you that impression, <laughs> but let me say this. I say that because I understand what you all are saying. And I'm, again, I've been on the front lines with you all, okay? And you know where my lines are. I say that because in a free society, in a free society, these um, competing ideologies, kind of like what Colleen was just saying, they're going to be here. They're going to be radicalized and spread, right? But short of that, the only step that we have if I, if I use the word totalitarian, to control everything, we would be a totally different society. We would be totalitarian. That's what I'm well, saying. At least I that's what I, I think. I, I, what I was trying to say is that when I talk about society, I do not mean legislature. I do not mean let's pass laws okay. against homosexuality. What I mean is that- How would you control it? Shelly, Shelly, let me finish. So as I'm it, just saying, how would you control it? I didn't say control. That's my whole point. Okay is that you as an individual, you can control your own self, right? I, I don't mm -hmm. mean control other people. So what I mean is society is created by individuals. So that is actually, uh, you know, I know Shelley is more on the libertarian side. So what I mean, I'm not trying to impose totalitarianism. Each person is an individual and as individuals, we create society. So we can control our own actions, um, we can, uh, as a family, we can make decisions. So, for example, uh, a family can decide not to send their children to a pub uh, public school. That is controlling mm -hmm. your own life. 
So that's that's what I mean by that. But for I'm those not... people who choose to live alternate lifestyles, for those people who choose to live alternate lifestyles, right? Lifestyles that we don't necessarily agree with or definitely would not promote. How do you stop them from doing so? I'm not. And then let me take that step to control. I'm not. No, I'm not saying you are. I'm just asking in general. She just asked me in general. Well, that's what we, that's what I want no, to talk about. So, next. okay, so like you said, Shelly, yourself, you said that in uh, uh, K through twelve, uh, this alternative ideology, you wouldn't like to see that. So, same thing as voters, for example, we can. Uh, vote for representatives who are not going to put that in our schools. Uh, we can, you know, choose a governor who's not going to spread that ideology. So that is as individuals. That's how we can control. Uh, so yeah. And in Maryland, know. many individuals just did the opposite. Many individuals exactly, just voted yeah. in West Maryland. Uh, West Moore. Right. So and what I mean is that yeah, the left will say that we are. Um, anti again and whatever so i do not care honestly to the to the viewers anyone right. who's who's watching us i do not care what other people say and they and people should not be afraid to discuss these issues to analyze um you have a you have a right to your mind and to your to your thoughts and if you disagree with someone you have an absolute right to disagree and to communicate with people so that's what i want to tell to the viewers um you know they will keep bullying us but we have a right to express our own thoughts exactly and 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 not only a right but it, it's it's our it, it's valid you know people talking to your children about queer sex because this is the end. You know, if they start talking about uh, same-sex relationships and this becomes a norm, the next is queer sex. We've seen it. I mean, the, there was a, a, a viral video going around about Planned Parenthood Center, Rainbow Room. These kids look like they were middle school age and younger talking about dildos and butt plugs. This is the natural progression when you introduce sexualized themes, queer gender, queer ideology in kindergarten, in first grade, in second grade. This is the this is the next progression. You know, uh sex ed will no longer be about biology. It'll be about masturbation and same-sex relationships. And that is the goal. That is the ideology. Again, the the people have to understand is that this is not uh something that's happening naturally uh in society that all of a sudden people are so interested in alternative lifestyles alternative lifestyles have always existed but right now this is this is more this is agenda this is the um the goal is to delegitimize heterosexual relationships that heterosexual relationships are not necessary for a stable society that is the ideology what we are saying is that heterosexual relationships when you have a mother and a father in the home that will actually what well that's what i'm saying i'm not i'm not speaking for everyone uh but on here but i think that i believe and i know that that is what is going to create a better society is is people when people are choosing to have a mother and a father in the home and to keep their family together, not to have all these uh, unusual families. Uh, you know, 
people have a right to do what they want, but in the long run, it's not going to lead to good results. So what I'm saying is that they want to delegitimize the, what I'm saying, and what they're saying, what they they would say that I'm completely wrong. That heterosexual relationships are not important in a society that it doesn't matter. So, and what I'm saying is that uh, analyze and think, and do not be afraid. And again, you know, some, there are people who, you know, are afraid of being called a homophobe. Now, we read the definition of homophobe based off of Planned Parenthood, which is basically based off of the left. And basically, it just it's a it's a thought police. I mean, if you disagree or you think about something that's in disagreement with the, a life, this lifestyle, you're a homophobe. That is not right. That is incorrect. So if you if you value uh, protecting children's innocence, if you value uh, you children not being sexualized in, by at young ages, then you're they're they're saying that you're a homophobe. So we say this, you know, we are not afraid to stand up for children's innocence. If you have a situation in your school uh, or in your workplace or what have you, uh, and and you have this going on, please write to us. Let us know um, because we want to expose it. Uh, this is info at metroconservativemedia.com. This is very important. This is very important. You know, again, I generally treat everyone with dignity and respect, no matter no matter what lifestyle they are living. I may not agree with something, but I am not for violence against people. I am not for you know. I I believe in treating everyone who treats you with respect to respect treat them with respect. Um, and do unto others. I, I totally agree with that. But respect does not mean agreement. Uh, and so you can be respectful of someone's choices uh, and and not agree with it. You know, you you can have religious beliefs, biblical beliefs that have been here from the beginning of time, and uh, and and be respectful of someone else's beliefs. You know, I, for instance, am not Muslim. I don't practice Islam, but I respect the people who practice that. You know, I could really, literally, be sitting here saying, thinking, "Oh, you're going to hell." I mean, I'm just giving you an example. You know, as a Christian, I could be thinking, "Oh, this person, okay, okay." I'm laughing and saying, "He's going right to hell." This is just my Christian belief, but I am going to. Treat that person with dignity and respect. I can connect with them on values. You know, I don't have to believe in their God or whoever they do, and they don't have to believe in mine. If we're respectful and we connect on values, then that's fine with me. Uh, same way, you, you have, we have a whole uh, organization. There was a whole organization called Gays Against Groomers. Colleen, you were just mentioning uh, we had him on the show, Lady Maga. He was in front of Congress this week uh, talking about the sexualization of children, about drag queen story hours, about uh, all ages drag shows and how inappropriate it is. He is a drag artist. So this is not something that's you know specific to heterosexual conservative women. 
Um, and I'd love to get him back on the show, Lady Maga. Um, but he was standing in front of Congress talking about this. I don't agree with his lifestyle, but I agree with what he said. He's a nice person. I respect him. I just don't agree with, you know, his lifestyle. That's okay. That's okay. Um, final thoughts, ladies, because we are out of time. I mean, I think you said it. Okay. <laughs> those. Yeah, I mean, we have to be um, respectful and um, we have to have dignity the way that we communicate with others. Uh, but at the same time, if we have something to say, if we disagree, we have a right to say it. Absolutely. All right. So uh, we are at the end of our time. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Continue the conversation by checking us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe. That way you get up-to-the-minute content when we post, and we appreciate the support. We are an independent media, and each time you subscribe, it helps make our voice that much stronger. We are a necessary voice in news and entertainment. Check us out on our website at www.metroconservativemedia.com. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, count your blessings and live a life of purpose. Good night. Hey guys, what would you think? Oh, are we still live? Because yeah, uh, you're still live. Yeah, we're doing the. You're still live. Oh. <laughs> so I have I have the Project Veritas um, video. Oh yeah, you want to show it real quick? Um, so you can stop and start it and play it as you want. So this is breaking, right? Um, this is just released about an hour ago. So um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and share it. And KJ, you can just kind of stop and start as you go. Okay. I hope you I ready? can. I don't know if I'm, my system is set up differently this now. I don't know if I'm still in oh. the host. Oh, can you see the people backstage? No. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to just play it. Sorry. There we go ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone this story. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. You probably shouldn't tell anyone. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. It be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker.
a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain of function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do like these like selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. Just like Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health. It's profoundly corrupt. So what is he saying? So he's saying that what happens when they mutate it? That's what I'm They concerned. are forcibly directing the evolution of viruses to create more vaccines. That is what he just said. They're making this... Yeah, they're making the virus more virulent than it is, than it has to be. So is that all the variants that were coming out all of a sudden after COVID pandemic? Well, that's what it sounds like he's saying. I mean, that's what it sounds like no, he's saying. I don't, he's saying. I don't know. I mean, he's I to... saying that Pfizer is actively engaged in directed evolution research of the COVID-19 virus. So in order to create new mRNA vaccines based on the research they gathered, from COVID-19. Basically, he's saying if this got out of the lab, it'd be a worse form of outbreak than the one that got out of the lab in Wuhan, because he basically says outright that that escaped from a lab and couldn't happen naturally. Well, Wait, that is so something. Is saying, so is he saying it's, oh, so he's not saying people who are vaccinated have the muta it's mutating within them. No, he's talking about what Pfizer's is doing in its lab to right create now. more viruses. So basically, Pfizer is creating more viruses to possibly then have them in the community, release them, and then they can create more no. vaccines. I mean, none of like you. Yeah, gain of function. That sounds like gain of function. Like, like adding commentary. If we're taking exactly what he said. Like, exactly, without adding our spin, he is saying that Pfizer is currently doing directed evolution research to expand their arsenal of mRNA vaccines. They're forcing COVID-19 to mutate so they can be a ahead of the game. They can okay. have the next booster shots ready. That's what he's implying. Which is similar to what James O'Keefe, I think that was James, no, whoever was interviewing him, Malone. said this sounds like gain of function. Yes, that's exactly. But he's making it clear it's not because they're only using bits. Gain of function is everything. Like it, it's an all So in order to create a new vaccine, you have to create a new virus. Or advance the virus in directed. Right. Okay, so that's so, what they're but doing. But that's what and he's saying, and he's saying yeah. that he also said that it broke out in Wuhan, and it's unnatural. It doesn't just appear. So he's directly saying it's an engineered virus. But that is something that we've out. been talking about for a long time. All this, uh, you know, when vac when vaccines are being created, there needs to be a virus for it. In yeah, order to sell the exactly. vaccine, you need a virus. 
But my thing is, it's a stuff. I mean, you have to make create uh, the issue in order to figure out how to. It's saying that they're creating issues that won't occur naturally in nature in order right. to explain their ability right. to make. Like they're saying that they're introducing and that if it gets out of these hyper-controlled environments, it's extremely bad for, like he even said the whole industry infrastructure is corrupt because all the regulators want to work for big pharma after they're done being regulators. So they're nice to the companies. Which is what they they do. Jobs with, he like literally said that. So it's a revolving door, right? Like they get approvals and America's get, Americans get screwed. Like, and that's what he's saying. You want to do with it whatever you want. Basically, the most incriminating part that he states is that Pfizer is engaged in what can be interpreted as it, it's a very narrow line between gain of function and directed evolution. And he's very clear on it, too, how narrow and, you know, like you're riding the edge of a knife on it. What else is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today. So there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. So, like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. That's why it was, an, it was a thought that came up in a meeting and we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that with more discussions. Okay. That exact reaction, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. That's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone this morning. You gotta publish your own title. You gotta publish your own title. Okay, bro. So, um, this is just dumb, dumb man. First of all, he sounds drunk. Yes, yes, right. Oh, he is. And you know he violated. This is one. This is one of the things. This is one of the things about these type of videos. When I when I see the Project Veritas, I'm not discrediting them, but I can't believe that the people just get on there and they just thought, how do they? How do they? De- I like to know how they develop relationships with these people to even get them to talk so freely. What do you mean? He will say whatever he needs to say to get laid. That is a natural rule of law. Like you have to put a hot girl in front of a smart guy who doesn't get laid and she offers him sex. He will say whatever the fuck he needs to say. So Jordan Jordan is a female. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no. This is a, I think this is a gay guy. Dudes will do and say whatever they're not supposed to do and say. If you look at a bunch of the Pfizer... I mean, not the Pfizer, the um, Project Veritas videos, a lot of the people they get are gay. Mm-hmm. 
I think it, I mean, these guys, these guys are gay and, and they talking to these guys. I'm, I'm thinking they're just, they're sleeping with them or something. It's, it's not even that. It's the prospect of getting laid mm-hmm. gets men talking because they'll talk about their job, whatever it is to impress the person they want to have sex with. It's Jeez. puffing up. Think of it as puffing up the, the, the animal comes out to puff up to impress all the female. Like, that's what it is. It's like, oh, I'm a big fancy Pfizer executive and I know exactly how they're fucking us all over. And here, let me tell you so that you'll think I'm important too. Yeah, it's like, it's, and you think about it, it's like for years and years, people have said, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, women are dick controlled, but the men are dick controlled too. The gay that, men. That's why men are now women. Go on. <laughs> the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys okay and then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them and then the ones that are more infectious like the virus we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it that's one way okay. or you can even do like directed like simulation which like we turn off the and then you just sample what the different like um like uh proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time okay. so then you can see the mutation and you can have forces to mutate a certain way you want okay. but you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like you know it goes everywhere something Which crazy is the way that the virus started and moving on to be honest like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere like yeah i know covid virus experimentation and live monkeys this is unethical to say the least and walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I kind of like, look at how the experiments work out, because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's, it's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution, okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean, is that what it is? Maybe, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you're not supposed to do gain function research with the viruses, like, yeah. they recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected threshold mutations to try to see if you make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm learning about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There not be any more outbreaks, because, like, Jesus Christ. So, um, tell me more, like, What's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but uh, it seems like from what I've heard, they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. obviously they don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Okay, so did that, did the whole virus mutation thing, like, come from your executive? So we've seen him giving out this information, but what's even scarier is this, he's, I'm sure he's not, he's not high up in Pfizer. I mean, he seems like he knows a a bit of good information, but what are they hiding from us or not telling us that we haven't found out? They're a bunch of monkeys, apparently, that they can... No, what they're not telling us, what they're not telling us, if he's saying all of this, what they're not telling us is that it's already done. Mm-hmm. They've already done it. That's what he, they've that's already what experimented. Like he's implying, right? Like that these things yeah, are they've already done it, and they're t- in order for them to make these bigger decisions if they do this crazier shit, right? Like that's the impression you it's already, already done. 
Uh, I can't. I'm like, this is terrifying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, we they're just uncovering this, but this is like probably this is nothing. If this is what they can get out of a drunk mm -hmm. dude on a date, imagine what's locked right. away from that's kept out of the hands of guys like him. Frankenstein is locked away. That's what it is. Frankenstein is already locked away. I just want to say it's all Yana's fault. But don't forget your boosters. Don't forget your boosters. Oh, gosh. Boosters. Wow. Sarah? No, no. That came from, like, we have, like, chief scientific officers in, like, the other divisions. In a subsequent meeting, our undercover journalist asked if this type of gain-of-function research is already being studied at Pfizer. But no, as long as it's called directed evolution, Pfizer's in the clear. What, what's the goal for, for Pfizer of doing that? So probably what they want to do is like to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if you do it, control the lab, then we say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh my God. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times there were just mutations that pop up, right? And they were not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron, right? And things like that. So. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's gonna be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like. <laughs> well, I think the whole, you know. So when we hear these uh, these pharmaceutical companies talk about the development of these vaccines and medications, they come off like we're just trying to save lives. Really, it's about money. Yeah, what he says, it's a cash, cash cow. cow. Yep. It's not about time. helping people. I say that all the time. I say that all the time. Follow the money. I say that all the time. But That's nobody true. listens to me anyway. But okay, I'll say it again. Everybody the money. listens to you. Everybody <laughs> listens no. to you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody listens to Shelly. Yeah. Okay. All right. This this poor guy. I feel kind of sorry. Why do you feel bad for Why? him? Why? No, oh no, no, no. Let me ask you a Why? question. Why do you feel bad for a guy A made a deal with the devil to get paid and B is flaunting it to get laid? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, yeah, KJ. I think I know what you might mean. I'm I'm just guessing. In a way, he is basically he's just going to be the the scapegoat. He's going to be the one that takes the the brunt of the fall because he's publicizing it. But the people who've already done it. The ones who have concocted this this monstrosity, you know, they're gonna go like you said. They're gonna be part of the revolving doors. Nah, it's only because you, me, Yana, and KJ, and everyone else who's upset about this just just stays upset. If we did what we're supposed to do when we find out stuff like this, like our founding fathers of this country are crying. Every last well, one. What of I'm gonna after this video, I'm going upstairs and I'm emptying out my medicine cabinet, and I'm gonna light a match. Dude, you can't trust. Anything. You have to opt out. That's what Tyrone said. Opt out. These are these people are not here for our health. You have to research. Do your own. Do your own research and uh, find uh, better ways to stay healthy than going to Pfizer. Mm, no, we said a few weeks ago. I mean, I forget the topic we talked about, but ultimately, this particularly since the scandemic, 
it has set up the, the 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 necessity for Americans. We cannot trust our institutions anymore. We can't from from the medical institution, the, the pharma, legal, whatever. We cannot trust media. Certainly, we can't trust them anymore. And, and I mean, I don't say I don't say that to be smug about it. I look, I'm a patriot. I love my country. I serve my my country. When I say it, it really brings tears to my eyes. Because when I think of all the people who literally have sacrificed for this idea of America, not just the soil, but the idea, and this is what it's come to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not only scary about to think about what else are they hiding, but it's scary because... It's like when you have a, you know, you find a mechanic and you 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 and you go to a mechanic, you trust that he's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. You know how when you find one one mechanic and you know you take your car, they diagnose it and they fix it, and you don't have any more problems. That's like a trust there. You know, I'm just talking about a car, but the same thing with these these pharmaceutical companies and doctors and and and, and all of these uh, so-called you know subject matter experts and, and health professionals. You, there's a level of trust that you not only know that they're competent, but they actually have your best interest at heart. Now all of this has kind of, this whole pandemic has really tossed that all aside. Now we have to question everything. You know what's scarier thought? Right. You want to hear a scarier thought? Everything you said, and then these idiots at Pfizer accidentally releasing something terrible, and we have to, we don't listen to the powers that be because we don't trust them anymore. And they find the cure and no one takes it. Yeah. It that, is. It, no, you're right. That is a possibility. You're right. That's terrifying to me. You're absolutely right about up that. So badly that it they'll is have terrifying. That will save humanity and humanity will say, no, we don't trust you. It is terrifying because this is what is set up. This this distrust, confusion, it really is terrifying. And look, KJ, to what, well, I want to back you up what you were just saying. It used, used to be, we, we, we say a lot that the left, they're just telling us, they're coming out. They have no fear, no, no, um, no arms consumption. I mean, no, you know, whatever. They're not even feeling it about trying to hide what they're doing, right? They're coming out. They're telling us flat out what they're doing, right? That's scary in and of itself. But it used to be, if they lied, you could at least say they lied because they knew that there was some kind of immorality or something wrong about what they were doing, which in a sense kind of gives you a little bit of hope that the people still have a you know, conscience basically, right? Because they wouldn't lie if they, you know, it wouldn't matter. But at least if they lied, it says to a little bit, they have a conscience because they know that it's something not right about whatever it is. Now they don't give a hell, they don't give a shit. They just come out and they tell us what they're doing, and there's no conscience behind it. Yeah. And this poor guy sitting there, I'm sure his bottom is puckering. Oh. He's thinking something's gonna happen, oh and he's God. just blabbing away. And and the guy that and the the journalist is like, he's being so direct. He's right. like, so tell me more. <laughs> like so, it's like it almost sounds like an interview at this point. Right. And the guy's like, "Oh, okay, I will tell you more." Like and he's giddy. He's talking to him here. Yeah, he's so he's giddy. Lying. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He's so giddy about it. Yes. 
Well, well because he, he knows that no, a lot of no, people no, no. no, I was gonna say a lot of people he, he is giddy because he feels like he, he knows a lot that the general public doesn't know. So yes, he with me for my awesome knowledge. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's here to to impress uh, the other guys, see how much I know, and and he it, it's true he has no conscience, he doesn't care yeah, that exactly. this can this can really hurt a lot of people, and he's still working there. Can I can yeah. I say that the I villains never? I disagree with you, Yana. The mm -hmm. villains never see themselves as the villain. He thinks he's helping humanity and getting rich in the process. He firmly believes that what he does is good for everyone because they're getting out there and getting ahead of the COVID because he didn't personally create COVID. So it's not him. So what he's doing is saving people from the horrible thing that's out there. And why shouldn't I get paid? It's the American way. You guys forget that these people don't see themselves as the villains you or I see them. They see themselves as the hero of their own story. In fact, everyone oh, I, sees yeah. themselves as the hero of their own story. And we forget that sometimes when we're sitting here having these conversations. This guy thinks he's literally walking around with a giant S on his chest. Yeah. There's a scripture that says knowledge. You somebody said something about his knowledge. He's, you know, he's, he's excited about his knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, right? That's yeah. just saying like, oh, I know something that you don't. But if it's not couched in a sense of truth and morality and, and benefiting someone else, whatever, this knowledge right here is basically is going to destroy lives, literally. It already has, for sure. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. That, 100%. That's the point. They're soullessly evil and they think they're the heroes. That's the thing. Yeah. That's how dangerous this all is how alluring the, the devil truly is to the average person. He thinks he got himself an education. He went out, he's making a difference in the world, getting paid along the way, and he's going to have some really good sex too as a result. I'm just saying, like, that guy, he's not thinking of himself as how I woke up this morning and ruined, how do I become Lex Luthor? Even Lex Luthor right. doesn't think of himself Lex Luthor. Yeah, you're right. You know, and, and ultimately it's because humans, individuals, they're meaningless. They're cogs. We, they, they see us as cogs. We're, you know, if there's no, there's no um, transcendent purpose to us. We're here to be a cog in the wheel. Yeah. Well, that's the whole idea. Of, that's the leftist logic right there. I mean, there's no value. Every person's life right. has different set of values. Um, you know, and, and babies we see or, or have the le least amount of value. Uh, and then we're all just pieces of a puzzle. You live for the betterment of Libria. Uh, do, you, do you ever see that Christian Bale movie called Equilibrium? I, I think I've seen almost every Christian Bale movie. It's the one in the future where they're not allowed to have feelings and they take mm -hmm. like drugs not to feel things. Was that Christian Bale? Yeah. It's like the... It's they, really good. It's oh. a good movie. But... Uh, the truth is, is there's a line where a woman who was accused of feeling uh, asks the cop who, you know, Christian Bale's character, why are you, why do you exist? And he's like, I exist to serve the greatness of Libria, which is the society. Libria is their, right, their future society. And she's like, that's a circular statement. You exist to live, right? You're like, what, for what purpose? Why, why are you bettering Libria? What makes it? And that's the whole thing is they... 
they believe that we're just here to be sheep to the message. I think the whole like research of the viruses and mutating it like would be the ultimate like cash cow. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Now you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal, but no. The pharmaceutical industry, as Walker puts it, is quote a revolving door for all government officials, unquote. Okay. A revolving door for all government officials? Wow. Yeah, for any industry, though. So, like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who, like, you know, review our drugs, once yeah. they come work for pharma companies, like, the military, like, all the, like, army and defense, like, government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to come work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. They're doing as well. Right. We talked to Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, and author, to get his take on the comments made by Jordan Walker. You're gaining function. You're creating a new function in virus one by adding elements from virus two, infecting one monkey and then another monkey. That's called serial passage. That appears to have been one of the technologies deployed in the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the humanized mouse strains that I believe were obtained from uh, EcoHealth Alliance. That's an example of directed evolution. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all about what he's doing. The hubris and arrogance and immaturity. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health with such a casual disregard for the human toll, it's profoundly corrupt in terms of would it be feasible for Pfizer to circumvent international or national law, I think that is undeniable. And the gentleman in your investigative work has clearly indicated that Pfizer believes that it has successfully captured the regulatory apparatus of the United States government and presumably worldwide. Pfizer has completed regulatory capture, is quite proud of it, with governments turning a blind eye and Pfizer hiding information from the public, this is an ongoing story. Be brave, do something, spread these videos, and stay tuned. Wow. Well, um, I mean, we've kind of given our reaction, final reaction, ladies. What's that? How's that make you feel? I mean, like he, they, we said earlier in in our broadcast. I think I mentioned a quote by somebody: "Reign of terror." I mean, this is the reign of terror. I, I mean, he, their Pfizer is running wrecks, you know, running shop, you know, and no type of accountability, no type of review. You know, he simply said that. It's kind of a revolving door. The reviewers become work, start working for Pfizer. They're in hopes of working for Pfizer, so they probably go lenient on 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 reviewing them for for this stuff. I mean, one of the things that uh, came out from this uh, that we already kind of many people talked about that the COVID itself was not something that happened naturally. Uh, so that even this guy who works. Uh, at Pfizer, he he said this. So, and many people have said this. 
what else are they developing? So the next, uh, uh, any virus that's coming out, you know, we're not going to be um, true. Uh, we're not going to trust. That's what we were just saying. We're not going to trust if that this is all natural, that this, uh, it seems like uh, a lot of viruses are probably being created and who knows about the biolabs in, in Ukraine you know, all those uh, things that, you know, we heard on the news and I don't know what, what's, what's really going on. Not only that, but the scariest part is there's some type of check. They claim that there's checks and balances with these vaccines, with the medications and things. But then you hear him say the review process is really a rubber stamp. It's just like they're just doing it anyway, giving people to go ahead and they haven't even really, they're just doing it so they can make more money. Mm -hmm. And keep government, all government. All government officials get get your boosters. Get your 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 your, all uh, government officials because they have to see the results. People are the test subjects, so they have to talk about talk about the Tuskegee experiment. This is the Tuskegee experiment on steroids. Okay, it's not. This is this is the government at work again, again on steroids. This is. I, I don't know. This it, it, it's scary. It's scary. Um, what can we do? What what should we do? One thing we we have to speak out. We can't be silent. We cannot be silent. And in speaking out, we also have to understand that there are going to be there's going to be pushback, name calling, whatever. But we have to speak out. At least at the very least, we have to do that. Trust no one. Do your own research and do not be shamed. Do not be pressured into doing this to go along to get along. Because that's what we've been going on through over the last two years or so. I mean, we've been pressured. I mean, it's been unimaginable pressure on people to go along to get along. Lying about why you have to do certain things. As far as this pandemic, I mean, all kinds of stuff, the masking, everything. And how, how many relationships, uh, family relationships have been broken over this? Uh, friends? KJ, there's going to come a time when your hair and my hair, we're going to look like Michonne on The Walking Dead. <laughs> this is The Walking Dead. <laughs> we, our hair going to be... <laughs> This is the rest of us. This is the rest of us. Who knows what com- what's going to come out in the next 10 years or so. Mm. All I can, And another thing I would say, get healthy. Natural immunity. Work out. I mean, I need to work. I need to start doing Eat natural vegetables, fruit, you know. that's the That will be the only way you have a really a fighting chance. Your natural immunity. Uh, and being healthy. So if something were to break out, you know, you have a fighting chance because you have a strong immune system. Take vitamins, uh, eat a lot of garlic. That's a Russian remedy. Yeah, that too. Yes, regular Mm. garlic is very important. If you don't, even even garlic supplements, there are Mm. such things that even if you don't want to eat eat raw garlic, there you can get garlic supplements. Uh, Also, I've been... Some oh yeah, that too, that too. And I've been um, getting um, produce from uh, local farms, 
Uh, so that's been, I, I love it. It's like the, the healthiest food you can possibly get. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't grow our own food. So, you know, sometimes most people can't depending on where you live. So yeah, do that's the best. There's a website called raw milk finder. Um, and you can look and there you can find the farms in your area that, um, have like very natural, very organic, uh, meats, uh, any type of meat, uh, vegetables, milk. So it's raw milk finder. Let me see. Yeah. .com. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching guys. Share, share, share. You heard, uh, O'Keefe say share this video, please share this broadcast. This is how we educate our family, our friends, our loved ones, share this video because we're not mainstream media. So we're not going to have, you know, rough shot over the broadcast and, and the ways people view things. The only thing you can do is share. All right. Good night.